You see, our word of the day, you've noticed. Some people are like, how many of those letters do you have? Uh, which is an interesting question. I really don't know. Um, but it's like they have them at Hobby Lobby, and you can go over there and you can buy letters. And I don't know how many times we've been because no, invariably it'll come to Friday and I'll, like, I'll be like, I'm short a letter. <laughs> so I'll go to Hobby Lobby, Hobby Lobby, get a couple more letters. We've been so many times. Um, but now we have all the letters. Of course, we're only going to use these letters through the end of this series. We'll probably use them for something else down the road. Um, but I, I thought it would be good just to, just to get that in your head each week, kind of what we're thinking about. So as we talk about contentment today, and it usually starts the message with a made-up story. And if you've listened to people speak or you've been to churches at all in your life, you'll know that often pastors will turn to a resource of stories or illustrations in, in a lot of them, honestly, some of them may be based in reality. I think some of them are made up. I envision in my head uh, a room of writers sitting in cubicles punching out stories for illustrations for speakers and pastors. And the supervisor walks in and he says, for the next hour, contentment, carry on. And they all put their heads down and but I read this story this week. <laughs> Actually, I think Lydia found this story, and I really liked it. It gets across a point, although I don't think it really happened. It could have, and some stretch of the imagination happened, but I'm just going to read it. It says this, A wealthy businessman was horrified to see a fisherman sitting beside his boat, playing with a small child. Why aren't you out fishing? asked the businessman, and the fisherman replied, saying, Because I've caught enough fish for the day. Why don't you catch some more? Well, what'd I do with them? Said the fisherman. The businessman said you could earn money. You could earn more money. And with the extra money, you could buy a bigger boat. You could go into deeper waters and catch more fish. And with those fish, you could make enough money to buy nylon nets. And with that, you could catch more fish. And then you could even buy a second boat, maybe a third boat. Eventually, you could have a whole fleet of boats and be rich like me. Then what would I do, asked the fisherman. And the businessman replied, then you could really enjoy life. And, and to which the fisherman, of course, replied, that's what I'm already doing. And I, I, it's a home run story, it really is. Because it gets to the, the point of the message today, really sharply. Which is that we are thinking fulfillment and contentment are found in getting more. In having more, if only I could get to that next tier, if only I could reach that next career goal, if only I could get that next raise, if only I could get that next thing, then I would be content. Then I would be happy. I have a couple, there's going to be a lot of definitions for contentment today. I'm going to give you one right now. Contentment is not the fulfillment of what you want. Contentment is not the fulfillment of what you want, but the realization of how much you already have. Uh, I can't think of another time in the history since I've been alive where it's a good time to be uh, cognizant of what I have today, considering what's happening in other parts of the world where what people have is destroyed, and they're having to leave it, and they're having to watch it fall down around them. Contentment is not the fulfillment of what you want, but the realization of what you have. True contentment is found in learning to be satisfied with things the way they are. How many of you are satisfied and content with things the way they are? Anybody? <laughs> There's one. I see one. I see two. 
I see a couple. Now, I don't think we're talking about this from a spiritual point specifically because if you're happy in your progress in Christ and satisfied with where you are, then you're probably not growing. <laughs> you're stagnant, right? So, I mean, I think we could make an argument to say being content in my spiritual life, in my, uh, in my relationship with the Father today, is it's good where it is and I'm happy with where it's at and it doesn't need to go any farther. farther. Obviously, that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about stuff and things, jobs and family, relationships, uh, the, things that we, uh, the things that we value, the thing you're thinking about doing this afternoon, that thing that we do to try to draw contentment out of. We're closing in on the end of Philippians today. Uh, next week's going to be the last. I have really enjoyed Philippians. I have taught through Philippians before, and this time I, I just I feel like I learned so much more. It's one of the beauties of God's Word isn't it? No matter how many times you study it, no matter how many times you read it, God teaches you something new. So we're going to take a look at Philippians 4, 10 through 13. Why don't you read this with me? It says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then he finishes by saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So let's take a look. Let's unpack this. Um, I, I love looking at other translations. We've sticked pretty closely with the ESV, the English Standard Version here. Uh, at the church, but every once in a while I'll flip over to another. We're actually going to look at a couple other versions today, but I love what the New International Version says. He says in uh, verse 12, he has learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. The secret of contentment. Paul says there's a, a secret to it. There's a, a mystery to it, to, to learning how to be content, and we're going to unpack that today. He says, uh, beginning uh, at the beginning of our verses, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. Uh, again, as we've talked about in Philippians, don't ever let any words slip by. Um, greatly. He doesn't just rejoice in the Lord, but he rejoices greatly in the Lord. Every, I don't know if you've noticed, but everything Paul does, it's like, I, I really feel like it's the best. It's the most. It's the greatest. I, I rejoice greatly. Paul has talked over and over in Philippians in rejoice, about rejoicing. It's one of the themes. Uh, we talked about a theme last week in Scripture uh, of peace, and this, this week the theme of rejoicing comes up again. Remember in Philippians 3.1, in the first part of the verse, he says, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Philippians 4.4, a couple weeks ago, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Remember, anytime anything's repeated, uh, especially if they're close together, he says it in the, in the same sentence. Rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Uh, but then he said it multiple times throughout Philippians. This is, a, this is an exclamation point. This is an underline. This is a, a bold. You know, if you went through and bold all the repeats, underline all the repeats in Scripture, uh, you'll start to see the themes play out. And if you were to underline rejoice and peace and some of the other things we talk about in Philippians, you would, you would see those themes come to life. Paul is asking us a question here. He's saying, have you learned to rejoice 
in all things. Is that, is that easy? Absolutely not. But Paul says, learn to rejoice. Sadly, for many of us, the answer is no. We haven't learned to rejoice in all things because we're complainers, right? Any complainers in here you want to raise your hand and admit before, before the church and God? Okay, I see some hands. It's unfortunate, but yeah, some of us are complainers. This is about what's rem- remembering what's important. Remember we talked about thinking before and what to think about? This is remembering what's real, what's actual, what is reality, what's true. Learning to rejoice is seeing what's actually there, not dreaming about the future or regretting the past, but living in the moment. I I don't think Paul ever calls it that, but we have, as a culture, periodically talked about this idea of being in the moment, and often we're not, are we? Because we're waiting for that better thing, that better day, that sunnier day. Yesterday was warm. Anybody? We went out and we worked in the yard. Uh, we, we had a good time. It was nice. And now, again, today it's cold and we're looking ahead and thinking, man, when is it going to be like yesterday again? Right? We have to learn to be content even when it's cold in Chicago. You know what? Yesterday was a blessing. It is not often almost 70 degrees at the beginning of March in this part of the country. I hear, my, I hear Spanish or something. I don't know what's going on. I, like I hear talking. It's weird. So now the second thing, he moves on and he says this. He says, I've learned the secret of being content. Learn the secret of being content in any and every situation. And so I'm going to ask you the question today, have you learned that secret yet? <laughs> have you learned what Paul calls the secret of being content? I'm going to read some scripture here out of Hebrews 13. He says, keep your life, the church has used this a lot of years, a lot of times to beat people up. I'm not beating you up with it today, but it says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have, for he has said, never will I leave you nor forsake you. Honestly, I think you can put anything in that blank. Keep your life free from the love of career. Keep your life free from the love of Netflix, (laughs) of binge watching, of wasting time. I mean, honestly, fill the blank in with that thing that just sucks the life out of you and sucks the time away and learn to be content with what you have. Let's take a, uh, take a look at a couple definitions. Content uh, definition is a state of satisfaction, which doesn't really help because then you're like, well, what is satisfaction? Okay, well, I've got that one too. Satisfaction is the fulfillment of one's wishes expectations or needs or the pleasure derived from this. So this begs the question today, in what are you finding your satisfaction? What satisfies you? For some of us, it's food, right? For some of us, it's um, filling up your time with video games or reading or career or fill in the blank. Whatever that thing is that that uses your time up, we find contentment and satisfaction in those things. The thing you are looking to find contentment in, however, must be able to deliver. And if you have any experience at all in seeking contentment in things, you know this truth. They always fall short. Right? 
you think, man, I'm going to get this great thing and I'm going to enjoy it so much. And, you know, you use it for a little while and it was awesome. And then it's on the shelf and you forgot about it because it, it just didn't deliver, pardon the use, the same high that you got the first time. It's the law. There's a, this is a, a, a law in, in life. It's a law in, a, in, in business. It's called the law of diminishing returns. Any of you ever heard of that one? Yeah. <laughs> Brian's shaking his head down at the front. This is the law of diminishing returns. Um, something gives you a lot of pleasure the first time and then it decreases. We know this happens in addictions, right? That's why addicts become addicted because it takes more and more and more whatever you're addicted to to get that same high again, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's food, uh, whether it's, it's self-loathing. I mean, there's a lot of things you can be addicted to, right? Stuff that you wouldn't even think you could be addicted to. You can become addicted to. But most of the time, and I would submit to you probably all of the time, the things we are looking for contentment and satisfaction in simply cannot deliver. They can't. When did Paul rejoice? If we think about Paul's life, when was Paul content? I, I think the key to this is looking for God opportunities. That's what I'm going to call this today, God opportunities that are around us at every moment. And I think Paul was constantly looking for God opportunities. If you read the epistles and, and the books that he read, uh, wrote, you can see that he's always got his eyes up. He's always looking around to see where is God at work? Who is engaging in what I'm saying? And, and how is what I'm saying being received? And in, for example, Paul was in prison. Anybody ever been in prison? <laughs> Maybe you have. I don't know. If some of you raise their hand, everybody be, I didn't know you were in prison. So they're like, they're not going to raise their hand today. Um, hopefully none of us have. But I mean, prison seems pretty bad. Um, he rejoiced. And he found contentment in the moment. If you remember the story we read a little while back, they were singing praises in prison. Do you remember this? And what happened? The doors were open. The jailer came out thinking they had escaped, was about to take his life, said, Paul said, no, wait. Don't take your life. We're all still here. The jailer took him and, and I don't know, some others probably to his house, washed them, cleaned, cleansed their wounds, heard the gospel, the jailer and all his family were saved and became Christ followers uh, and in fact made uh, one of the groups of the people the beginning of the church of Philippi. So if you think about Paul, uh, instead of complaining in the moment, I mean, who, who wouldn't complain in prison, right? I mean, it, it would be miserable. I could just imagine it would be boring. You don't have anything to do and everybody wants to hurt you <laughs> that's just my impression of prison right it sounds like a miserable place you're isolated you're locked up but paul was able to lift up his eyes and sing to the lord in the worst of moments in the worst of times uh, lydia and i were um we have a lot of folks a lot of friends uh in the central eastern european countries today posting different things, and Lydia and I watched a video this morning of a Ukrainian uh, church service. I don't know if it was Baptist or not, but it was believers in Christ. They were having communion. They were singing. It was all in Ukrainian. We didn't understand any of it, but it just made Lydia cry, and Lydia's like, if you want to see this video, cry with me, so we watched the video a little bit. In the middle of something bad, in the middle of something terrible, life-shattering, Ukrainian believers are gathering to worship. And they were sharing communion like we're going to do today. 
Isn't that interesting? Brothers and sisters in Christ of ours, Christians, Christ followers, image bearers created by the Father in His image, according to the pattern that He laid down, are sharing and have shared communion today, the same as we are across the country. Uh, and they are learning today the secret of being content. That is not a secret, uh, the way to learn the secret that I would wish on anybody. It's not. But we see that we are surrounded at all times by these God opportunities. If we just get up out of ourself, but we're looking into our phone, we're discontent because somebody else is living a better version of their life than I am. We are stuck watching people live their lives on Facebook and social media, wishing that ours was as polished as theirs or were fantasizing that our lives were like they are in the movie or the TV show that we're currently binging. We say things like, I want to live my best life. <laughs> I don't think Paul ever said that phrase. Someday I'm going to do a series of, uh, on, on things that people say that sound good but are really just flat wrong. And I think that's one of them. Because it has the word my in it, primarily. I want to live what I have decided is my version of my best life. That's what that means. What do you think Paul would say? I want to live the best life God has for me. And I'm going to get my eyes up. They didn't have TV and telephones and stuff to look at, but I'm sure they had distractions, same as we do. Um, that's not new. But he said, I'm going to get my eyes up. I'm going to look to the Father. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to live the best version of the life God wants for me. We always seem like we want something more. Take a look at this video. Hey, guys, I got you each a gift. No way, Jesus. Why? Awesome. Well, I just love you guys, so I wanted to get you something. Oh, wow. So nice. Laura, you first. Wow, this is so exciting. Oh, will you look at this? A little eight-ounce can of Coke? This is perfect for me. I looked everywhere to find a gift for you, and this just seemed to fit. I love it. Drew? Yeah, your turn. All right. <laughs> no way, Jesus. Seriously? Oh, yeah. 20 ounces of Coke? Yeah, baby. Woo! This is awesome. Oh, Jesus, thank you so much. You're welcome. Laura, we got to go show Richard our gifts. Come on. Okay. Hey, Laura? Is there a problem? No. I mean, well... Yeah, kind of, you know, it's just that every time you give people gifts, you always give everyone else more than you give me. What do you mean? I mean, like, I open my gift and, oh, cute, eight ounces, and then Drew opens his gift and, hello, 20 ounces. Oh, I know what you mean. Well, that gift is for Drew. Well, that's what I want. Uh, go get it for me. Okay, if that's what you want. I got a liter! Oh. I know, it's one liter of God's sweet goodness! Jesus gave it to me. He did? Yes! Oh. Okay, you know what? You're gonna meet somebody with a bigger bottle and you are gonna be so mad! Boy, check it out! I got an upgrade! Coke 3.0! That is awesome! I know! Well, isn't that just great? Yeah! Hey, Jesus, you rock! Yeah. Thanks, what Drew! What is wrong with you? Why are you holding back your best from me? I gave you my best. Don't you see what's happening here? You're letting everyone else's gifts steal your joy. Uh, 
No, Jesus, you are stealing my joy by giving everyone else more than you give me. Laura, I picked this gift out for you. That's what I wanted you to see. I don't care. Until you can look past this, all you're going to see is a can of Coke. Hey guys, I got you each a gift. No way! Oh, my mic's muted. All right, well, I'll back up. I know, but it's, you know, online, they're going to be like, we can't hear a thing online, so I'm going to back up. Uh, we look at the thing we think we want, and you're going to be like, wow, he's saying it all over again. The thing we've lost, the thing we can't, can't quite get, and we are disgruntled. It's frustrating if we could only learn to look up, right, and see what's around us. Now, you know I love words. And I read the word disgruntled, and I asked the question, could a person be gruntled? And so I, I looked this up, and it actually is a real word. You can be gruntled. Uh, it, and here's the definition. Let's take a look at it. It means to be pleased, satisfied, and content. Isn't that interesting that we've lost the word gruntled in our, in our vocabulary? We've retained the word disgruntled, um, but we have lost the word gruntled. It's actually a, originally a verb used in the early 15th century, and it literally meant to utter a little or low grunt. And I tried to get Lydia to grunt for me the other day when we were reading this, and I was like, grunt, Lydia, grunt. And she's like, I won't do it. And I'm like, you got to grunt a little, grunt a little today. You know what? Animals grunt when they're happy, right? They make a little happy grunt. We don't grunt enough. We need to grunt some more. <laughs> there, I heard, I heard a grunt. Isn't when you laugh and you snort? That's kind of like a grunt. Kevin in the back hall was like, yes, grunt more. There you go. Thank you. Who did that? Was that you, Giovanna? <laughs> but we don't. Instead of being gruntled, we're disgruntled and we complain. We look down instead of looking up. We look to our own needs instead of the needs of others, and we miss the God opportunities around us. Now, at this point in the passage, Paul says something really beautiful. He says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. This is where I'm going to read another version of the, the Scripture, another translation. The New King James Version says it so beautifully. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's probably how some of you have heard it before. It's probably how some of you have memorized it before. It takes the word him and puts in who the him is, Christ. And so I, 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 neither one is, is either right or wrong. They're just written differently. But I love the verse. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Who believes that today? Amen. Amen? There's some people who believe that. 
I can do, there's a bunch of people, in fact, who are putting their hands up. Paul believed something that we can struggle with. He used the word all. Again, don't miss that word. Paul said, I can do some things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do most things. No. He said, I can do all things who Christ, through Christ who strengthens me. Again, he had such faith, such trust. He befriended faithfulness. He was close to it. Oh, it would have been amazing to, to, to be around Paul and just have a little of that rub off to us. I believe that he thought God could do anything in the power of Christ in Paul's life. But it didn't come easy. Paul learned the secret uh, of the power of God at a cost. Uh, and that's how it is with most good things. They cost something. Uh, to get in shape, it costs exercise and pain and maybe even some diet management. And you got to learn to drink a lot of water. I mean, right? Things that are good usually cost something. Getting to know God better costs time involved in reading Scripture, in prayer, and in gathering with believers. Getting good at anything comes at a cost. Becoming content and realizing that God can do anything is going to come at a cost. Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Paul says, to keep me from being conceited, from becoming conceited. Did you know Paul struggled with possibly becoming conceited? It says because he had this surpassing greatness of revelations. In other words, in, in order that I not be become, become conceited because God speaks through me and I write all these letters. You mean you could real easily, Paul could have been like, I'm, I'm really something. I'm the super apostle. Look how many books, how many books do you have in the Bible, John? Oh, you only got a couple. Peter, how about you? Oh, you've only, they're short. Titus? I think he wrote Titus, but, but I mean, in all seriousness, right? Nobody wrote more books in the New Testament than Paul. And in order for him not to become conceited, a thorn was given to him in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said this, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness. <laughs> He'll be conceited about being weak, in other words. <laughs> right? I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so the power of Christ may rest on me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's a cost. Who wants to be weak so that God can be strong? We don't want to be weak. We want to be strong. Why doesn't the verse say, when I'm strong, then God's strong? <laughs> it just doesn't. Paul learned this secret at a cost. It's going to cost us something to learn it as well. It's going to cost us to learn how to rejoice, how to be content, how to trust the Lord to do all things 
through Christ who strengthens you and I, the believer, the, what Paul calls the saint. We're going to return to that idea again as we wrap up next Sunday. Paul talks again about the saints. That's those of us who are in Christ and know Christ and are Christ's followers are the saints. Being content then really is learning to be satisfied in weakness. We don't want to be weak. We don't want to be perceived as weak. We don't want to look like we're weak. We don't want to make mistakes. Mistakes are embarrassing. You know, when my mic wasn't on, that's embarrassing, right? You don't want to do stuff like that. Uh, when you mess up a song, I don't know that we did any today. We did, it was a pretty good Sunday of worship music. We, we rehearsed uh, twice, and it, it went pretty well. But when you make mistakes, it's embarrassing. But you know what I remind myself in those instances, especially instances of when we're leading worship, is that we are not putting on a show for you. We're not putting on a show for anybody. We're worshiping at the throne of God, and we're inviting you to worship with us. And do you think God cares if we slip on a song, slip or make a mistake, uh, or play the wrong chord? sing the wrong word in the wrong place. I do that sometimes. I sing the wrong verse in the wrong place. It's, yeah. When we are weak, when we are able to say, it doesn't matter if we mess up. It doesn't matter if I can't do it in my own power. What matters is that I am connected to a Father who loves me through a salvation experience in Jesus Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit who empowers me that in my weakness, God can be strong in and through me. That's, again, the gospel. Right there, just in a nutshell. Do you want to learn the secret? Do you want to learn it? <laughs> Nobody said yes. Do you want to learn the secret? It will cost you something. It's not free. It's not easy. And it's not going to be comfortable. Christ called us to an abundant life, but it's a life with trouble and it's a life with problems. It's a life with wars. It's a life with heartache. I don't think any of us thought this is where we would be today in, in 2022 after COVID in a war. We didn't know that. I, for one, am ready. Uh, I, I, I like to be satisfied in, in stuff sometimes. I like food. I talk about coffee a lot. Anybody? It's no secret there, right? Talk about coffee all the time. I'm ready. I'm ready to learn the secret of, of weakness and being strong in the Father. And I invite you to join me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're weak. We're weak, but we try to be strong we got to stop trying <laughs> because in weakness you find your perfection. You find your, your, your access to people who are, are moldable and usable. You're the potter with, with your hand on the clay and you mold and you shape me and you remold me and you reshape me to be useful in your hands. Lord, we're disgruntled but we try to pass ourselves off as gruntled. Teach us, Lord, how to grunt a little. Teach us how to be content in misery. <laughs> That's a hard one. Teach us how to be content when everything is going wrong. Teach us, Lord, to look up 
to look up for God opportunities instead of looking down. God, help us to forget our first world problems and become people who are grateful, who rejoice, who are satisfied, who are very simply yours. Lord, we're weak, but you're strong. Lord, you are strong. And in and through us, you can do amazing things, simple things in the lives of us to touch others around us. Lord, help us to pick up our, pick up our heads. Lift, you, lift your heads, O oh you gates. Scripture we talked about a while back. Lift up our heads, Lord, that we get out of ourselves, out of our phones, out of our problems and our own misery to see the God opportunities around us at every moment in every day that when we're weak, you can be strong in the lives of people around us, that we could be a blessing. Lord, teach us to be content. Teach us to have satisfaction. Lord, we ask this and we pray this today in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.